Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Setting goals for this winter and having a plan. Last week, we chatted about the importance of having an off season, especially after a big training buildup like many of you had this last summer. We wanted to make sure that we take time off and recover between our major training blocks. However, a lot of athletes can get trapped in that all or nothing approach to training. When you can't train, maybe you just decide you're not going to run any miles per week and then taking that time off flips a switch where you don't run for several weeks at a time. We want to make sure that there is a happy medium and set some goals for this winter to keep you accountable and on track for your goals for 2021. So I have with me today Jason Phillippe, who is a coach here at Run for PRs and also has a decade of run coaching experience from the high school, college level, all the way to the club level, training people in the marathon and even the shorter distance um, when he was working at the college and high school level. So he has experience training Anywhere from the 800 meter race all the way up to marathons and ultra marathons. He's been running for over 20 years himself and is a very accomplished runner, um, running Boston several times and um, all that fun stuff. I have been running for about 10 years now competitively and I've been coaching for over six years um, and you know, this time of year can really just be a challenge for a lot of runners. It's something that, you know, every season, um, it, it just kind of happens where, you know, the holidays are coming and the temps are beginning to fall. And especially up here in the Midwest, I notice you know, a lot of people have a harder time um, staying on track with training or finding that motivation or that extra push or that reason why to get out the door during this time of year. Um, There's a lot of factors that go into it. Obviously, it's important to have an off season. But I think once we establish that off season and kind of, you know, take some time off, it can be really hard to get back into things. So specifically, we're talking about, you know, after you take a little bit of an off season, after you have your two week break, um, we're talking about how can you get back in and actually care about putting in the work during this time of year, because a lot of people will have that all or nothing mentality. Um, Sometimes you have to be on the treadmill, you know, the days are getting shorter. So there is hardly any sunlight. You know, if you work a regular job, like a nine to five, uh, by the time you get to work, it's usually just the sun is you know, just rising by the time you're done with work, there's not a lot of daylight. And so a lot of people don't want to run in the dark. They don't want to run on a treadmill. Um, Then there's all the holiday parties and just, you know, all the festivities of the holidays in general make life a lot busier. Um, And then where we live in Minnesota, it can just get brutally cold. And who wants to run on, you know, ice and sub-zero temperatures? And there's just so many factors. So today we just wanted to talk about 
how we can kind of break through that mindset of negativity and how we can stay on track during this time of year and just talking about kind of the struggles that we have faced and ways that we have kind of overcome those things um, as athletes ourselves and what we've seen a lot of our athletes do successfully. So Jason, uh, kicking things off, how long have you been going through this winter season and have you ever had a season where you're just like, screw it, I am not going to do any training and then have you had other seasons where you have done more training in the winter um, and then which which makes you feel better so uh, thinking back to when I was a runner in high school you know that, that was kind of my first experiment with running in the winter we'd run through about November um, or maybe early December and then when we went on Christmas break you know we obviously we didn't have organized practices so um, what we did was we played hockey to stay in shape and then we picked running up again in March. But um, I'd say about 15 years ago when I was in college, that was really when we had a winter season where we were forced to run outside, um, you know, regularly. And it's, it's obviously much easier um, to be outside in really cold sub-zero temps or, you know, single digit temps if you have people with you. Um, and that's what we had. We had structured practices, which made it a lot easier. Um, and then thinking ahead to, um, or fast forwarding to when I was, you know, in my twenties, when I was out of college, obviously you don't have that group and that can be tough, tough. If you live in a, you know, upper Midwest or Northeast where it's really cold. Um, like Victoria said, the daylight hours are, are very minimal. A lot of times, you know, you maybe only have, you know, one to two hours that are going to be daylight outside of your normal work day. And so trying to figure out how do I squeeze in my run outside, or you might be forced to run in the dark. Um, and you know, for some people, you know, we've all, we all know our running journey is different in terms of like how long we've been running, how familiar we are with running in the winter and cold temps. Um, I think you just have to slowly ease into it. So if you have never really ran before in the winter and all of a sudden you're going to try to go run in 10 degrees or 15 degrees, that can be a huge shock. Um, so you're definitely going to want to, you know, hopefully plan ahead as much as possible and, and get out there on like the warmer days as the temperature is starting to drop. So you can kind of ease your body and get used to it. Um, don't just take a month off and then all of a sudden start training and it's winter. Um, you know, as far as the treadmill goes, I know a lot of people may not have access. And so I think that, um, for those that have access and they're used to running on it, it's not really a big deal because you can, you, you learn to tolerate it. But for a lot of people that don't typically run on a treadmill, it's, it's really tough. Um, a lot of people would rather be outside. Um, it just takes some time to get used to. And I, I think just figuring out kind of, you know, depending on where you're at and what you have access to, um, is it safe to run in your area at night? You know, those are the things you're going to have to think about when you start planning your winter training. Um, and then like you also mentioned the footing, you know, that's a huge thing, especially when you get into the, you know, the January, February months where if you're, if you're in an area that it gets snow and sleet and slush and all that, the footing, a lot of times it's not that safe to go out in the morning, um, and do your run. Um, unless you've had a day or two where it hasn't snowed and the plows have, you know, clean the streets and then, you know, everything's going to be fine for your footing, then that's okay. But, um, you have to always have a kind of a backup plan and you may have to modify what you're planning to do based on weather. Yeah, that's a lot of good information there. And I think, you know, the biggest thing here, you know, we're getting into the topic of a treadmill versus running outside. And, you know, for people who live in the Midwest, it's, you know, all about your comfort level. And some people, they have no issue going and running outside. They enjoy running in, you know, 
when it's colder than 20 degrees um, or even like those sub zeros, I think everyone has like their different threshold for when they um, start to feel uncomfortable going outside. And I think it's just really important to understand like you don't have to force yourself to train in a certain way over the winter. I think, you know, circumstances come up and we just have to make adjustments for that. And it's going to look different for everyone. So, you know, you might be friends with someone that always runs outside in the winter regardless. That doesn't mean that that's what you have to do. I think it's really important to understand that your training can look different and that you should be doing things that you enjoy doing. So obviously, you know, there are days where you just kind of have to like force yourself to to get out there and, and motivation is, you know, finical, you know, a lot of people have to work really hard and you have to have that discipline. But I do think it's important to realize that there are other options out there. So if you don't want to run outside, um, investing in a treadmill is a really good idea. You know, if you're someone that hates running in the cold and you just don't want to go in the, um, in the dark, consider purchasing a treadmill because, it can be a huge game changer, especially if you live where we live. I mean, we're going to go through six months of winter. And if that's going to be six months of you running versus not running or hating your run every single day, I think it's important to make sure you're able to get um, other options where you can get the miles in and enjoy yourself. So if you're someone that's more inclined to enjoy the miles on the treadmill, don't feel guilty about it. Um, kind of embrace those things. And if you're someone that you know hates both options, maybe you hate running outside and you hate the treadmill, I think finding ways that you can make it more enjoyable um, definitely makes the process a lot easier. So I am someone that I don't really like either, right? Um, so one thing you can do if you go outside is look for routes where the footing is going to be better. So you might have to be driving somewhere. Um, look for group routes. Like you said, it's better when you're running with other people. So if this is something you can do maybe on the weekends, you drive somewhere, you make it more fun and exciting. Um, when you're stuck inside, there's ways that you can make the treadmill runs a little bit more exciting. Um, you know, plugging in just something on Netflix or something you can watch, something, a way that you can be productive while also getting the miles in um, and just kind of spacing out if it's an easy day. Uh, if you have a workout, you know, the variation of having the different speeds on the treadmill can really help you get through. So what are some ways that you kind of mentally grind it out in the winter when you're training for something? What are some ways that you, you know, stay motivated and on track to actually do something because it can be so easy to do nothing when both options sound terrible, right? Like, so no one wants to run in zero degrees. No one wants to run on the treadmill. You said you, you don't really like the treadmill. So what do you do when you just like really don't feel like doing it? <laughs> yeah, this has been always a challenge because even, you know, thinking to uh, when I was doing a fall marathon and then, you know, you have a perfect excuse to take your break, right? right there in the late fall, early winter. But then you definitely want to start running again just to start kind of generating some momentum and building a base for your spring races. So I think for me, it's it's always been about just thinking about laying the foundation and maybe starting to think about doing something I haven't really done before or that I lacked in the past. So maybe increasing strength training, maybe building mileage slightly, or maybe it's focusing on more speed. And so, um, you know, I might do some more treadmill type workouts um, to get faster. So, you know, over the years I've experimented with different things to keep myself motivated. I've also done the, you know, binging Netflix, watched TV while I'm running. Um, you know, the, I try to, I guess, kind of watch the weather and a lot of my weekday runs will be on the treadmill and then on the weekends I'll try to get out. 
Um, so I think that, you know, finding that balance is definitely helpful in staying motivated. Um, but following a plan, that's really key because, you know, if you, you know, you want to structure, structure your rest days, you don't want one or two rest days to turn into, um, a full week, or you don't want your two week break to turn into a month or, you know, six weeks. So I think it's important to kind of have a plan in place to keep you accountable. And, um, you know, we'll do a lot of times we'll do like a turkey trot and that'll kind of be like the last race for, um, you know, the year. And then we will, um, you know, not, we don't really have race opportunities here up in Minnesota in December or January, unless you want to do a new year's day run. Um, so the next opportunity really is probably like around February or March. So I think just having the races, starting to think ahead for what races you want to do. Um, you can also challenge yourself to do like an indoor track race. That could be a good motivator for you. Um, but yeah, I like to try to, you know, I like to try to schedule a few runs with some friends every now and then, especially if I want to go long outside and I know it's going to be cold and I'm not very motivated to do so, I'll schedule a route somewhere fun and new and different, um, that I know is going to be clean and we'll just schedule, you know, time to meet up with one or two friends. So I think that, you know, depending on where you are in the country, it's obviously easier in certain parts, but, um, you got to find the do the little things that are going to help you stay motivated to start, um, you know, just being accountable. Yeah. One of the things that really stuck out when I was listening to you talk was, you know, keeping yourself motivated is really important. And it sounds like one of the ways that you like to stay motivated is to have an end goal in mind. And, you know, for some people having a race on the calendar that's in March when it's November right now, it's just not enough motivation. I mean, even for me personally, when I see March, 2021, I'm like, that's just way too far in the future. Um, and sometimes it can just feel in winter like you're living in a groundhog day, right? Like it's the same thing over and over again. It can just get so redundant and it's not as exciting as or as fun as like those summer um, training days. It can just get really difficult, especially, you know, up here in like the northern part of the country um, with, you know, the limited sunlight. And it seems like everyone's almost like always in a worse mood in the winter. I don't know. But... I do think that this allows people, you know, having this groundhog day effect of like the same day over and over again, it can sometimes cause people to take extended time off. And I know, you know, the first couple of years that I knew you, you didn't really run at all, maybe once a week, um, you know, for these winter months. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, just the lack of motivation, I think, um, and not having a clear structure goal and thinking to yourself, okay, well, I'll just get back into it, um, you know, in the spring and thinking that taking that time off is beneficial, whatever. Um, and I definitely think there is a benefit to taking time off, but I do think that we do need to address kind of the elephant in the room that if you take extended time off, you will lose fitness. Um, and you know, just bottom line, like there is a reason that some people are faster than others. And this is a common culprit. Like sometimes people think, you know, they can get away with taking two, three months off or just very limited mileage. But if you look at kind of what you're giving up when you do those things, like you taking, you know, three, four months pretty much off in the winter, if you would have been, um, committed to, maybe training in a more direct way, do you think that it would have impacted your um, performances and your times if you were to have stayed healthy during that time? Do you think, you know, in the spring you would have ended up in an even better um, fitness level and then it just builds on top of each other? Do you think that it would have made an impact and maybe you would have reached a different level when you were really into your training? 
Yeah, I definitely think so. I think when I, you know, my earlier years, um, when I started getting to marathons, I thought, you know, the only times where you could do one is late fall or maybe late spring. Um, I never really thought about traveling to do a race in the winter or, you know, anywhere between October and, and April. So I, um, you know, I started to see once we started doing other races, I was training in the winter and I, I saw the effect that it had on my spring and summer uh, races. And, you know, just because I was training maybe for a half or a full, I was still running a lot faster for the 5k. Um, and yeah, I was, I was probably running more on the treadmill during those times, but I was still getting outside. I think, um, for the most part, I, I probably never took more than like a full month off. I would always run, like you said, maybe once or twice a week, just enough to kind of keep my legs from getting, you know, totally out of it. Cause I knew when you start up again, just how, how hard it is. Um, but thinking about those years where training went fairly well for me in the winter, you know, what motivated me was I, maybe I followed like a different training plan. For example, I would set some monthly goals. Um, you know, right now, for example, with Strava, there's tons of challenges out there. And I think that that can be very useful for people just because it keeps them, it gives them something to shoot for and attracts it for you. So there's monthly mileage targets. Um, there may be like elevation goals for the entire month. You want to hit so many feet of climbing. Um, there might be like a time-based goal you want to run, or maybe you want to work up to you know, running a half marathon and training or whatever it is. And so I think that if you set those goals, I think thinking about my friends who come out of the winter who are super in shape, and we always used to talk about this. We'd show up to the first race in March, which is an 8K, and people are blazing fast already. And it's like, well, these people did not sit around all winter. They were the ones who were consistent, and it's, you know, you can just tell. And then you can also tell who didn't do much training because, um, there's some names who have a good reputation for being fast and their times are obviously very slow. And so it just, it's so, it's, it's so easy to, to tell kind of who's been running, um, all winter long. And obviously up here where it's colder, I think we're at a disadvantage because, um, like you've said, there's so many reasons why people put training on the back burner with the holidays and everything. Um, I actually think winter months, you tend to have more hours. It's just figuring out like how to, obviously there's always the same number of hours in a day, but for me, summer months are crazy with, with family vacations and all that stuff and the, the daylight. And I think in the winter you have more time to yourself because people aren't as social usually. Mm-hmm. So they're inside their homes more. And I think it's just about figuring out when are you going to train? Um, you're going to be outside, inside, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, there's been times we've spent more time training on the bike too, and that can help with running. So you you know, you don't always have to be thinking about running during your off seasons or winter. You could be spending time on the bike trainer, maybe doing more lifting, um, cross training. If you have access to a pool, obviously that would be great as well, but you definitely want to be mixing in the running so that you're, um, you know, you have a good foundation for when you start your next training block. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, like you said, you will lose fitness if you choose not to run or you run very, very sparingly. Like I did those years where it was maybe once a week or twice a week. Um, you're definitely losing fitness. You're not gaining anything. So um, I think just planning ahead. And um, I've also found that reading some books during this time when motivation is struggling and the races aren't on the calendar, that can help kind of spark the the motivation to train. So just kind of opening books or looking at some articles, um, I think that that can help. Um, you know, and obviously right now with social media, you see people who live in warmer parts of the country and obviously their training might look different in the winter. So you could kind of use them as a way to motivate yourself to, you know, get out and train. 
Yeah, I thought that was really interesting how you said, um, you know, the one year or the years that you did train for something and you had a goal in the spring where you were really forced to stay more consistent over the winter that you performed better, you know, earlier in the spring. And, you know, there's a particular race that happens in March that you pretty much do every year. And most years, that's kind of, you know, the first race you're doing and you go into it if you aren't if you haven't been training as much with really like lower expectations. And I know you're always like, oh, if I can run 27 minutes or in the 27s or 28, um, then that's like a good time. Whereas if you were going to be doing this race, you know, later, if it was in the fall, you would expect to be in the low 26s or even maybe in the 25 minute range, which is really interesting. It's like you almost know that taking that time off is going to take a huge hit to your fitness. But at the same time, like there was nothing nothing really motivating you to, you know, stay um, on track and stay committed. Whereas there were some other people that they show up to this race, they're bringing their A game, people who like never beat you before at this race, and they've trained their butt off all winter and they beat you. And, you know, I had an experience at this race once where there was, you know, someone who is significantly faster than me. Um, She's like a, like a 240, 250 marathoner. Um, we go out and I, I couldn't even believe what was happening that I actually passed her during the race, um, and, and had a faster time than her, but it literally came down to the fact that I knew she wasn't doing workouts. I knew she, she probably wasn't running all winter and that's how big of a difference it makes. So, you know, someone who's training consistently versus someone who's not, you're always going to have that, um, upper edge. And I think, you know, you've experienced that before. I'm sure that you've been the person in the race where people are passing you and they can't believe, wow, I'm passing him. Um, he must not have trained or maybe he's having a really bad day, but I think, you know, what that boils down to is finding whatever that is that motivates you, um, and whatever can get you to that next level. Because I think the one time you really trained for a spring race and a spring marathon, when you had Boston 2015 on the calendar, you showed up to that race, you ran faster than you ever had. And then subsequently the rest of that season, you were PRing in like almost every event running the fastest times that you had. And granted it wasn't by like oh, he was taking 10 minutes off of like his halftime. No, it was, it was seconds, of course. But, you know, if you're looking at a 5K and you're, and you're looking at, okay, you ran 16.58 one year and then the next year you ran 15.56 at the same race, that just goes to show, okay, that consistency is what you're looking at, really. When I see those two different times, I say, hey, that was because you trained all winter, right? You didn't take five, six months completely off or just doing one five mile run per week. Um, And I think a lot of people, they just, they don't think, you know, 60 seconds, big whoop-de-doo, or even if, you know, it was 20 seconds, that would still be impressive, um, but they just don't really see the benefit there. And so I think it's really important to write your goals down and figure out what it is that you want to be um, achieving in 2021 and really saying to yourself, like, how do I get to this point? Because a lot of people, they, they like to say, oh yeah, my goal is X, but then it doesn't excite them enough to actually put in the work and train. So you have to have something that's really going to be like your guiding light that you're excited for. And it has to be something that actually works to motivate you. So it's easy to say you want to do certain things, but if it's not enough to actually get you out of bed and get you motivated, um, then maybe you need to find different goals. And I think there are different ways to, you know, stay motivated. So, you know, like we talked about a March race, isn't really great motivation for November. So how are some other ways that, 
you stay motivated? Um, is it tracking mileage? Is it doing workouts? Um, are there time trials that you can do? What is something that um, you do or that you prescribe some of your athletes to do if they're struggling with the motivational piece? Yeah, I think um, you, you, have to have, you have to have something um, to follow in terms of training plan. Otherwise, you're just going to you're more likely to miss days and run when you feel like it. And I think that that's the biggest thing that people, um, people don't realize is that the people that are running the PRs and they're qualifying for Boston year after year, it's, it's people that are basically training year round. They're maybe only taking their small breaks throughout the year in between cycles. Um, but they're never really taking more than a, a week or two here and there for an off season. So they're training consistently. Um, and I think that after you do that for a few years, your body just really gets good at like, obviously developing the aerobic foundation, but then you're starting to focus on different systems. And so for me, like I might, I mentioned earlier, I might target like a speed focus where I'm going to do a lot more faster stuff on the treadmill or some indoor workouts, um, on an indoor track, or it may just be a mileage building. So I might just want to, you know, run like 200 miles in a month or something. So set a goal where you can, you know, obviously it's attainable and not, not too high. Um, and that's the thing we got to be careful with is, Obviously, you don't want to increase too quickly. So if you're working with a coach or following a plan, we can help you with making sure the goal is attainable for you. Um, and that's really the, the thing that I think is the number one important factor is that whatever your goal is, you need to start, you need to start connecting the dots with attainable steps. We can't just like go from not running at all to running four days a week and then all of a sudden you expect to run this time that you that you you didn't even run when you were training for like you know 16 weeks uh, a year ago and now you want to get there in eight weeks or 12 weeks you know and you took all this time off so I think that it's it's so important to just be consistent um, you know I mentioned the Strava challenges earlier I think that that's really huge I think time time trials are going to be really good uh, virtual races have been awesome like this entire year for us and for myself I know just keeping me motivated to go out and try to run. Um, you know, like a sub five in a mile or whatever, try to hold this pace for a 5k, um, you know, and, and I think it just, it's really good to have the online community because, you know, you see people that you admire or people that are maybe similar to your ability level. And I'm not saying you should always play the comparison game, but you can kind of use that at times to help motivate you. And I think that that's really been helpful for me. Yeah, that was really, you know, some of the things that you said in there are so key for people listening to understand that, you know, these times don't really come out of thin air. And I think sometimes people think, oh, like I'm going to embrace this off season. And then when I come back after four months of doing whatever I want, running just how I feel, that magically like the blocks are just all going to come together during this training block and then I'm going to reach the next level and really you know the reason we did that whole podcast associated with the off season is just to let people know it is important to take some time off but I think there's like a cap there right like you're not going to get additional benefits from taking like months at a time off or like taking a couple of months where you're just running, you know, how you feel like it. So if you're really trying to reach your potential and reach like these next levels of running, 
Um, it's really important that you have that structure in place and that you are staying dedicated to your training. Um, cause the second you start to kind of let things slide or just say, Oh, I'm just going to run when I feel like it, you're actually setting yourself back. So if you have these goals that you're saying are your goals, like, Oh, I want to qualify for Boston, or I want to do this, or I want to do that, but you're not actually following the training to get to that end goal. Um, don't expect that you know you can just put together a 16-week marathon training cycle and reach that goal. You have to really have the base, and a lot of the times, like that base of just running when you feel like it just isn't enough. And I think you can be someone who can attest to that because you did that for so many years. You just ran kind of when you felt like it, did you feel that you felt behind when it came to like your competitors or your true potential because you just, you know, for whatever reason you didn't, um, you didn't put in the work, you know, right? Like bottom line. Yeah. It always kind of made me feel just lousy about myself, you know, showing up uh, in the spring, not being in as great a shape and kind of wondering why other people are seem to be more motivated than, my, than myself. But, um, I think that the, you know, the, the, the change in mindset that I get, that I had was I framed it up in, you know, instead of going out and trying to run like six miles a day or whatever it is, just give yourself an hour a day and dedicate that to, you know, not only your running, but your fitness. And so obviously on a rest day, you may, you may enjoy it every now and then, or you may cross train, or you may spend time with doing some strengthening or stretching. Uh, but if you can allocate an hour of your day to just for you, for training, I think it's going to go a long way in the consistency. Like you said, and, um, yeah, I think the people, the people that are successful year after year, it's, it's, they're very intentional about their training. It's become part of their routine. And I think that that's really key. If you want to reach certain goals, um, it can take, it can take time and depending on how long you've been consistent for, it may take you longer than somebody else, um, or it may not take you very long. If you can just buckle down, you, you never know. So, um, yeah, this has always been, you know, something I think the older I get to, I'm, I'm a lot more just um, wiser and more honest about like winter training and just how important it is. It's, it's really probably the most, one of the most important seasons, I think for people that are, that want to have a good racing season, um, because you have to have a good foundation coming in. Yeah, that's a really good point, you know, and being around you, like the first couple of years that I was really into distance running, um, I just kind of mimicked what you did, right? Because you were fast and I was like, well, he's taking a bunch of time off. He only runs when he feels like it in the winter. And so I kind of just mimicked whatever you were doing. Um, And I think there is a culture out there where people are like, oh, just run when you feel like it. You're not really training for anything. And that's just a culture. And honestly, like it, it feels good to tell yourself, yeah, just kick back, relax, like you can get it all back. And you can to a point, you're not ever going to reach that next level. If you just keep doing that, it's going to literally be a redundant cycle year after year of you. Oh, starting back at the same fitness, getting back to that mediocre place that you were at where you weren't satisfied. And then you're just going to say, Oh, I'm going to take some time off. And it's almost like yo-yo dieting, right? Like you have to figure out a way that you can make this part of your lifestyle and not view it as like training cycle after training cycle. It's about how can I consistently get better at this thing that I enjoy doing. And so for me, one year I was just like, you know, December started rolling around, November started rolling around and you like stopped running. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to stop. I want to like really see, you know, if I just, you know, keep putting in the work, like, I think I can get faster. I was like, I don't, I don't know. It goes against logic. Right. Cause like, that was what we did. We just took 
you know, this time off, you know, you just give yourself a break, you know, you worked hard all year and that's your brain um, telling you like, it's okay to relax. But really, um, when I looked at like what my day-to-day life was, I was a desk job worker, right? I'm an accountant. Um, I don't get a lot of steps in a day. You know, if, if I went to work and that's all I did, I'd maybe have 2,000, 3,000 steps. And that is not a healthy lifestyle by any means. Um, so I think it's just really important to understand that this isn't like super hardcore. It's just like common sense, right? If you're sitting at a desk for eight or nine hours a day, even just for your physical and mental health, you need to have some activity in your life. And I understand that it's a lot easier to take the easy route and skip going to the gym and you know go home and just like, scroll on your phone or go on Netflix or do whatever you have to do, but taking part of your um, physical and mental health and taking control of that and having an hour a day or even 30 minutes a day um, to have a way to stay active um, can really go a long way. And it's not even just like running performance related, that's an added benefit. But I think just going to that point of you know, looking at the people around you and saying, what type of lifestyle do I want to have? Like you know, looking at what are the habits of the people who are doing the things that I want to be doing. Um, and if that's resting, then that's fine. But I think what you'll find is most of the high achievers, most of the people that are reaching for that next level and most of the people who are growing, um, they're getting uncomfortable. They're going to the gym. They're making that time for themselves. And so, you know, in 20, I don't even know what year it was, 2013, I think is when I started to make that commitment to training in the winter. Um, and it wasn't even anything crazy. I actually dropped my mileage quite a bit, but I was very consistent about, okay, I'm going to run, you know, 30 miles a week. And prior to that, I was, I was thinking I was doing like 50 miles a week. So it was quite a shift, but it was still very, very consistent. It wasn't when I felt like it. It was every single day after work. It was after work, when it was dark, I drove to the gym and then I got home, you know, an hour or 90 minutes after that. And so that just became a new normal, right? So I would be gone from this time to that time and working out was part of my work day is how I would view it. Um, and I know that that was before I had kids, but if I was still in that situation, I would work out before picking up my kid from childcare. Like that would just be part of, um, the routine or, you know, you'd swap, like someone works out in the morning, someone picks them up from daycare. Um, there are ways to make things work. And I think it's just really important to find a routine that works for your life. And, it's going to look different for everyone, but don't play like the victim card and then don't, um, don't let things get in the way of your goal. So if you say something is your goal, find a way to make it part of your routine and part of what you're doing every single day so you can make it a reality. Um, and so just committing that one season where I was like, yep, I'm going to train all winter. I was able to take my marathon time from like 343 to 327. So I think that's like a 16 minute Um, drop just in one season and then subsequently doing that like every year it's like you continue to take you know a ton of time off and then I I started reaching like you know more of my peak potential Um, whereas before I was really just scratching the surface Um, and you know when I say I was just scratching the surface I felt like I was working really hard but when you give yourself permission to take those extended period of time off or just quote-unquote running when you feel like it that's not really gonna get you to where you want to be. Um, and I know a lot of people listening and it's like everyone views rest a little bit differently, but I think that is something that's really important to put out there is that if you do choose to just run when you feel like it for, you know, 
an extended period of time, anytime, I think you're, you are going to have a setback in what your potential is. And so that's just something that you should know. Um, I don't think that you should feel guilty either way, but I just think if, if something is your goal, you should be aware that that is um, the case and that it is going to be a much slower process. And if you continually take those unstructured times off where you run only when you feel like it every single year, you may never break out of that cycle and those times that you're running to actually ever get to that next level. Wow. Yeah. You said a lot of good things that I think are very motivating to hear, especially you know, if you were like me or the old me where I used to not train much, um, or if you have been kind of stuck in a rut where you kind of, you don't run much in the winter and then it feels like you're trying to catch up to with the fitness you were in the previous cycle. And so I think that it's so, it's so important, you know, just commit and try it for a year and see, see how it goes. I guarantee you're going to set yourself up better. Um, you're going to have a stronger foundation. It could take a year or two before you really see the benefits pay off. Um, but one thing I noticed is those winters where I, you know, I'm running more. I just, I feel a lot better about myself, especially at all the holidays, social gatherings. Um, you don't feel as guilty when it comes to like, just, you know, overindulging and eating. I know a lot of people tend to gain weight during that time. And then all of a sudden they're in January and they set, set a resolution and it becomes really hard to all of a sudden, you know, structuring all this new activity time when you're not used to having that part of your routine. So I think, like you said, if you figure out what works for you, um, you know, make, make it part of your day. Um, I have a lot of athletes right now I work with, I admire who, you know, they have crazy schedules. It's floating schedules. Uh, their spouse is traveling they have two or three kids. And like some of them are running on the treadmill at home while they're watching kids and others are doing the stroller runs. And it's just, it's so inspiring to see all of the, you know, the challenges people are faced with, but they're still out there getting it done. And if you can get really creative about how it's, how, um, you can get it into your day, I think that, figure out what's going to work for you in terms of keeping you accountable and then just make it happen. And we'd love to obviously set you up with a plan. I know we're going to have some exciting different um, training options this winter, some motivating like time trial events to help people kind of get, get inspired and, and uh, get fit. Yeah. It's really cool to hear about how your athletes even inspire you just seeing and hearing their schedule and then seeing what they're able to do with their training. Um, and when they find the time to do things. And I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are like-minded to you and who are chasing kind of like those same goals. Um, I know when I had my regular corporate job and I would like go do my runs after work, it was almost like a source of like mockery, right? Like no one's that active. Like no one understood why I was doing it. Um, and oftentimes like you'd hear rude remarks like, oh, just wait till you have kids. Like you'll never have time to do that again. Or people are just like, why do you do that? Or whatever. Um, it's not like a positive culture all the time. So I think it is really important to seek people out who can inspire you and who can motivate you to kind of be the best version of yourself. And I think, you know, for me in that 2013 year when maybe like you weren't training in the winter, um, I think that's when I started really getting into the social media aspect of things and seeing, okay, this person is training and I'm, I'm just going to follow them and I'm going to like, like all their stuff. And even virtually I was like, okay, this person's like keeping me accountable, even though maybe they didn't even know that I was existing. It's just seeing like their picture every day that they were doing their workout. Um, I know it sounds really silly, but it actually can really motivate you. And I think that's like the whole premise of Strava and all these other training logs where you can see what other people are doing. 
I know it can be a source of motivation for others because you want people, you want it to feel like people are, are kind of living the same life as you and doing the same things as you. Um, and I think that sense of community is really important. And even if you're far apart from someone, you can still have these things, um, thanks to the internet and social media and all that stuff. And that's why I think from PRs, it's really cool when we do these, um, you know, virtual training groups. And right now we're in the middle of doing the 5k one, which has been a huge hit. And when I first came up with the idea in the summer, I was like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, like if people are really going to care that much about 5k, like, but I think it's really a cool idea and a cool concept to see, okay, like let's commit to like working on speed, working on the 5k and see how fast you can get. Um, and you know, we, we try to just get people excited because I think the 5k is really exciting. Um, but I just know traditionally in the past with run for PRs, more people were interested in the marathon. They're interested in, you know, 26.2, um, doing all these major marathons. But when they all started getting canceled with COVID-19, um, we were like, geez, how can we help with, um, people staying committed to training and helping them stay motivated? Cause running is something that you, people love to do, but when your races kind of get like, you know, taken from you, it's hard to see, um, like that end goal. Right. So I think having a program in place where everyone was kind of focusing on the same thing was wildly popular. I, I was very surprised how many people wanted to, um, you know, be involved in something where they could see, you know, their 5k time improving. Cause you know, quote unquote, it's just a 5k, but it's so much more than that. It's, you know, pushing yourself to new limit and having, um, something on the calendar that you can really see and aim for. And I think it really helps with the accountability factor doing it in a group setting, because you know, that other people are training for the same thing as you. I don't think it would be as popular if I were to just ask one of my athletes, Hey, you want to train for 5k, right? Like we'll put it on the calendar it's not as cool as when you have a whole group of people who are like all going to do the same thing. Right. So I think that's why it's really exciting when you can have these things that the internet makes possible. Um, and so we're going to be doing another one later this winter, um, after, you know, holidays a little bit, uh, more of like a one mile and we're really going to be focusing more on like the strength training involved with that. And just that super speed that you're going to get. Um, and the reason why we chose the one mile is, for, you know, just a number of reasons, but mainly because if you're a great miler, you can really like tap into some speed and that can help you with the 5k, 10k and just all of the distances after that. But also because a lot of people are kind of crunched for time in the winter or they don't want to be putting in hours and hours on the treadmill, right? Like no one wants to run a 20 mile long run on the treadmill. I would much rather do a speed interval workout on the treadmill. Um, and that's really what we're going to be getting at. And it's really exciting. Um, and then sometimes people, you know, you're stuck inside more. So of course, weight training, that makes more sense to kind of do that more in the winter. Um, and so we're going to have some really fun workout ideas and some great lifting. And it's just a really fun time to focus on getting stronger and like seeing body composition changes and really like reaching that maximal speed. And so I know you're um, a one miler by, by nature, by heart. So do you have any, you know, words to pump people up about the one mile or what have you learned from having a fast one mile time? Um, that have, has it made you better at the shorter distance race or at the longer distance races? So a little bit about how, you know, when I, when I started running in high school and college, I had no idea I was going to be like considered a miler in college. Like I, I didn't think I was quite fast enough. I thought I was going to be a 5k cause I ran cross country and, um, ended up being that I would say my, my mile time was probably the most impressive out of any of my PRs in college. Um, 
you know, I ran 414, which, you know, I was only a second off going to nationals with that time. And it, it just, um, I saw the progression year after year. Like I came in, I was like 420, then I was like 418, 417. Then I had the big jump my senior year when I really, um, just took my speed to another level. And I think that, you know, you may not think that you're that fast, but I think as runners, we, your, your body is going to learn to obviously, um, when you're pushing it and you're pushing it, you're doing VO2 max workouts, your body's going to get stronger. It's going to get more efficient. I think it can help with your gait. Um, and then when we go back to running like five K's or anything longer, I think that that's just going to help set you up for a, a strong foundation. Um, I, bef- I think this was even before I met Victoria, I came out of college and I ran, I ran a one thirteen half just off, like just off college training. So I really was doing track stuff. I was doing, you know, 1500, which is the basically the mile. And then I was doing steeplechase outdoors. And I came, came into June, I ran a half marathon 113. Um, that, that is essentially still my PR today. I did break it a few years ago, um, by a matter of seconds, but I, you know, and my training has completely shifted to running marathons and half marathons. And I've been kind of all over the board over the course of the years, but I can't help but think, you know, those years when I was really focusing on speed, how great of a foundation I, I had from that. And it set me up to go out and run the 113 without even doing much distance training. Um, so I think if I would have just at the time trained smarter for the longer stuff, I could have become even faster marathoner and all of that. Um, obviously injuries got in the way, um, lack of motivation got in the way, um, you know, unclarity in terms of like career choices and all that got in the way. So I'm not going to make excuses, but the, you know, the motivation definitely wasn't there. Um, but now, like looking back, man, I wish I could go back and know what I know now because I think I could be a lot better in, you know, in all the distances. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely fun to push yourself, challenge yourself, get to that level. And, you know, recently I ran like a 446 and that, that just got me excited being so far under five again and feeling like, oh, I can, I, you know, I've been training, but not training that specific for the mile. So I wonder if I dedicated, you know, six to 12 weeks um, of speed, I, I know I could get down in the low four thirties again. So it's just that sort of excitement I think is, um, really awesome. And yeah, every second or two matters when we're talking about a distance as short as a mile. Yeah. I, re- I kind of like how that, um, went down, you know, you say, okay, I, maybe I wasn't as motivated as I should have been or could have been at the marathon. But the thing is, is like, maybe some people just don't want to run the marathon. Right. And I think sometimes it's almost like force on us as distance runners that in order to, you know, have a certain, you know, just to be able to say you did it or just to be able to experience it. But I think the bottom line is like, sometimes people just don't enjoy the marathon distance. And I, I think that you fall into that category. I know you've said that many times that you just don't like doing it. Um, whereas you like doing the shorter stuff and and I think, you know, when you force yourself to do something that you don't like to do, um, even though, you know, you've given it multiple chances, you know, it just, it's just not fun, right? Like it's hard to be motivated for something that isn't your goal, isn't something that is interesting to you. Um, and I think sometimes people feel that pressure that they have to do the marathon and I just find it really interesting um, that that's just been a trend for a while now. I, I know I interviewed um, your old college coach to maybe like coach around for PRs. And I was like, yeah, most of our people, they, they want to run marathons and half marathons. And I think, you know, his... Uh, <laughs> comeback to that was something like still like that's still the trend like people are still into that and I'm like yes people are still really into that um even though I'm like I totally see the benefit of training for the shorter distance stuff um you know you get 
the same sort of like health and physiological benefits. And I honestly think um, mentally people enjoy it more. Uh, Some people, obviously. But I think, you know, assuming that every single person that comes into the sport of distance running is going to like just magically want to do a marathon or be a a great marathon or or enjoy doing the marathon um, is foolish. And I think it's important to understand that there's more than just the marathon to the sport of distance running. And you can still be an amazing distance runner and never even touch the marathon distance. Um, you know, like Heather Camp, she's a Minnesotan. She is a super fast miler. She she doesn't do long distance races, but she, you know, she, what does she run? Like four or something in the mile? Four thirty. Four thirty. Four 30s in the mile. And she's still doing that, uh, you know, well into her thirties. Um, and she, you know, she's a distance runner. She probably runs, I don't know, 40, 50 miles a week. I'm not sure, but I'm sure she runs consistently a lot and you would probably be really surprised by her training but um not everyone has to be a marathoner and not everyone has to enjoy doing the marathon um i know when we did some of these virtual races uh during the spring and the summer months uh some people said to me you know i love doing the one mile and the 5k even though they're a lot harder than the marathon and i said oh like what's harder about them and they said well in the marathon i can just mentally check out it's just about like getting the miles in but in the 5k and the one mile, like I actually have to focus and push myself. And I'm like, yeah, like that, that's a good, that's a good point. But you know, if you don't enjoy the marathon for whatever reason that you just said, you know, or if you, if you don't see um, that you're able to push yourself in the marathon, like the same way as the shorter distance, maybe it's a sign that you like doing the shorter distance stuff, or maybe you want to spend more time doing the shorter distance stuff. Cause I like to do the events where I feel like I can really push myself. Um, and in order to get into marathon shape where I can race a marathon it just it's a lot harder and it's more time commitment um obviously than if you do like a one mile 5k 10k whatever um even training for a half I feel like you really have to um be putting in some solid mileage if you want to be reaching your potential but I feel like we're getting a little bit off topic here but it's really exciting to think about um different goals and different things that you can train for and um having the one mile there and working on like strength PRs and seeing like how fast we can get and how strong we can get is really exciting um and it's a way that you can actually see like a progression in your fitness right away. Um, I think a marathon training cycle can be can be tough especially during the winter because you have such a long time and it takes such a long time to see the reward pay off at the marathon race. And so many factors can happen on race day. Whereas if you're training for a one mile, it's like you can see the gains that are coming. You can build that confidence and you can race more than one one mile within a, a season, right? So if we're doing a time trial and then six weeks later, you're doing another one, you're seeing that benefit pay off like right away. And I think for a lot of people, that's really motivating to have something on the calendar and just to be consistently working towards it and testing it. Um, and the way that we have it set up, it's just really motivating and a fun um, atmosphere for people. So if it's something that you're interested in, you want to stay motivated and try something new this winter um, to see if it can maybe like help you um, start that spring off on a better note than you have in the past. I think this is going to be a perfect program for everyone. Um, if you're already a Run for PRs athlete, it's just totally free to join. Um, it's the same as your regular packages. If you've never worked with us before, we have packages starting at $80. Um, and you can always have a free seven day trial. So if you go to our website at www.runforprs.co, fill out the form there, we can get you connected with a coach and you can start with this seven day trial and then (coughs) see if you want to go from there. So thanks for tuning in and until next time.